Turn with me, please, to the Gospel of Matthew. The Gospel of Matthew, chapter 2 and verse 1. The Gospel of Matthew, chapter 2 and verse 1. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men came from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who was born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled. And all Jerusalem with him. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring word back to me, that I may come and worship him also. And when they heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. Break free and don't go back to Herod. Break free and don't go back to Herod. When this text is read, allegorically or as an allegory. It provides fascinating insights into the inner life of every one of us that's present in the house of the Lord on today. In an allegory, each figure is the symbol of something else. And when a text is interpreted allegorically, you look for the spiritual and symbolic meaning behind the written word of the text. And I want to say today that the key elements in the life of every individual are present in the narrative that I've just read to you. This narrative presents a picture of each of the main characters in your life. King Herod is the symbol of the flesh. He's the servant and representative of the Roman Empire. And consider the Roman Empire as the kingdom of evil, with Satan as its king. The Roman Empire was a pagan empire. It espoused nat a nature religion uh, or pantheism that believed that supernatural powers inhabited rivers and trees and mountains and exerted great influence on the lives of men. Elements of astrology and a host of gods from Greek mythology were also incorporated into their religion. They claimed that the emperor was a god whom they should worship and whom they should recognize as Lord. 
and many Christians who refused to participate in emperor worship were crucified and beheaded and burned at the stake. For a time, the Roman government sought to wipe out Christianity. And like certain Roman emperors, Satan has always sought to receive the worship and recognition that should be reserved for God. The Bible does call Satan the God of this world. So the Roman government was the symbol of Satan and the symbol of his kingdom. And we've said that Herod represents the flesh. Most biblical writers use the word flesh to designate the unrighteous and depraved and corrupt nature of man. The flesh represents the unrighteous, depraved, corrupt nature of man. And when the flesh is king, one is ruled and governed by his fleshly nature. And according to Romans 8 and 7, the fleshly mind is always at enmity in opposition to God and his law. There's always a part of us that opposes the righteousness and the law and the rule and the will of Almighty God. Every good thing God tells us to do, the flesh pulls us in the opposite direction. The more you seek to satisfy the appetite of the flesh, the more it grows and the bigger it becomes. And it leads you from one level of wickedness to another level of wickedness. And the more you give the flesh, the more the flesh demands. And so the flesh represents the unrighteous, corrupt nature of man, that which pulls us away from the will and righteousness of God. And you know, as you examine your own psyche and nature and being, whenever you would be inclined to do those things that are right, that are good, there's always something in you that pulls you in the other direction. Would somebody please say amen? amen. And so as Herod was united with the kingdom of Rome, so the flesh is always united with Satan and with the kingdom of evil. Herod was not really a Jewish person, but though he was not Jewish, he was ruling over Jewish people. He was an Adamean, an Edomite, a descendant of Esau. And he was made ruler of the Jews by the Romans. But being a foreigner, he never fully accepted, was fully accepted by the Jews. He was not really a Jew, and I just observed that to say that the flesh is not really you. Your body is not really you. Your physical body, your fleshly nature will one day die and pass away, but your spirit and soul will live on forever. And because the flesh is only temporary, it has no right to rule over your life. Lord, help me to preach this today. Herod, the representative of the flesh, was a very wicked and cunning person. He married 10 times. He had at least 15 children. And the list of his vicious murders is almost endless. He had one of his wives, Maryam, killed. He had two of his own children killed. 
And the text informs us that when he heard of the birth of a Messiah, the birth of a king, the wise men said, where is he that is born king of the Jews? Herod said, I'm, I'm king of the Jews. So that made Herod very unhappy. And it made him very troubled and uncomfortable. When some were happy at a happy time, Herod was troubled and unhappy. He was unhappy because he had just been made king of the Jews himself. And now there was this new person whom the wise men were seeking who was called king of the Jews. It seemed that Herod was about to be replaced. He felt he was about to lose his job and he was unhappy. He was unhappy because he was out of place. As an Adamian king ruling over a Jewish kingdom, he felt like he was out of place. He was not comfortable. I know of a fellow who purchased a coach ticket on an airline flight. But when he got on the plane, he just decided, I'm going to sit in the first class section. And so he took a seat in the first class section, hoping that it was empty and that nobody, but he was so uncomfortable during that flight. Every time somebody passed by him, he was nervous and jumping, thinking that he'd gotten in somebody's seat. Every time the stewardess would come in his direction, his heart would begin to beat and palpitate because he thought, she's coming to tell me I'm in the wrong seat. I've got to get up. I've got to move. Listen, whenever you are in a place where you don't belong, it's hard to relax and it's hard to be happy. He finished the flight, but all through the flight, he was on pins and needles. There's always unrest, always confusion when the flesh rules in your life because the flesh is not designed to rule. The flesh is not really a stakeholder. It's only a temporary vehicle. Your life, your body is just temporary. Your spirit and your soul must live on forever, and you must not serve your flesh. You must not serve your body. It must serve you, your spirit and your soul. And if you know I'm right, clap your hands about it. In his later years, Herod was haunted by the evil actions that he had initiated. He experienced what seems to be a mental breakdown, a kind of paranoia, and both he and his kingdom declined. And listen, when the flesh is in charge, it always makes a mess. Whenever your fleshly nature, the evil side of you, that earthly, fleshly part of you that that rebels against right and rebels against good. Whenever that part of your nature is in charge, it always makes a mess. You know it makes a mess. Some of you did wrong, knew you were doing wrong, thinking that it was going to work out right, that it was going to be a good thing, but in the end, you found out you'd only made a mess. There's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Y'all not going to pray for me today. So let's go through this again. The Roman Empire represents the kingdom of evil, the kingdom of Satan. Herod represents the principle of the flesh, that part of you that wants to enjoy, wants pleasure, wants whatever it wants, wants right now, doesn't want to wait, does not want to uh, put it off, does not want to uh, seek good or righteous, it only wants that, that it wants, pleasure and thrills and the good feeling and so on and so forth. 
Let's look at the Jews or the people of the city of Jerusalem. What do they represent? They represent the human soul. The soul is the repository of the will, the repository of the affections. It is the area where the appetites and emotions and desires reside and where they function. And the city of Jerusalem and the Jews were controlled and manipulated by the one who had been assigned king over them. Herod was controlling the city of Jerusalem and he was controlling the people of that city. Listen, when the soul represented by the people is dominated by the flesh, it bends toward the things of the flesh. It accommodates the flesh and it accepts the desires of the flesh. When your soul is controlled by your fleshly nature, then it leans toward your fleshly nature rather than your spirit. And the text says, that all of Jerusalem, the soul, was troubled with Herod. When Herod was troubled, the people got troubled. It's difficult to understand why the people of Jerusalem were troubled because Jerusalem was the principal city of the people of God. If any city rejoiced, one would think that Jerusalem would rejoice, would rejoice when the Messiah was to come. One would think that the people of Jerusalem would celebrate and look for the Messiah, anticipate the Messiah, rush to the place where they even thought the Messiah would be. But they were so broken and so resigned to the rule of Herod that when Herod became upset and displeased, they became upset and displeased also. Though he was a wicked and a vicious ruler, they preferred him to a new ruler that they did not know. Many people are afraid of change, even when the change is for the good. The soul is attached to the flesh and the spirit. And when the flesh is in charge and gets upset, the soul gets upset too. But when the spirit is in charge, the flesh may get upset, but the spirit and the soul will remain calm and resolute and in control. Hallelujah. Well, that brings me to the spirit. The wise men and the shepherds should be considered the representatives of the human spirit. Said the wise men and the shepherds represent the human spirit. What is the spirit? The spirit is that reflective, thoughtful aspect of man. It is the spirit that responds to God. And it is the spirit that reaches out to God. It is the spirit that focuses on what is best and what is most needful. It is the spirit that should rule over the flesh, which should lead the soul into union with God. In the entire kingdom of the text verses, just a few people, when they heard that the Messiah was born, desired to see him, went to seek him. Just a few people worshiped him and gave glory to him. The spirit man does not yell and scream like the flesh does. Its voice usually speaks softly and tenderly the flesh strives and thrives amid the hustle and the bustle of life amid the noise and the busyness of life but the spirit functions best when one shuts out the noise and says lord i'm reaching out to you i just want to feel your presence i just want to hear your voice i just want to seek that which is wise and that which is noble so the wise men and the shepherds represent the human spirit the wise men and the shepherds attempted to turn the attention of everybody to Jesus. The wise men walked around Jerusalem asking, where is the king? Where is the Messiah? 
Where is the one who was born king of the Jews? We've seen his star in the east, and we've come to worship him. The spirit of man spoke to the soul of man, saying, I'm looking for the king. I'm looking for the Messiah. Messiah, help me find the king. But the soul, the people of Jerusalem, were unresponsive to the spirit, the wise men. They merely conferred with Herod, telling him that there are some folk that say a king has been born, and they are looking for him. When your soul is tied to the flesh, you look at everything in light of its impact on the flesh. Your soul takes its directions from the flesh, and the flesh sets the pace of things. Whenever you are confronted by an option, your soul confers with the flesh and says, now what's this going to do to the money? What's this going to do to the finance? What's this going to do to my uh, uh, aversion and my, my pursuit? What, what's this going to do to, to the pleasure of life? Is it going to make my pleasure any less, my joy any less? Will it, will it cause me to be deprived of anything that I enjoy, that I want to have in my life, even though it's wrong? That's what happens when the flesh is in charge and an option is presented. But when the spirit is in charge, the spirit wants to know, can it bring some glory to God? Can it... Can it bring good to the world? Can it help somebody? Will it lift somebody? Will it encourage somebody? The people, the soul, did not get troubled until Herod got troubled. I marvel at the faith of those wise men. When they came to the land of the Jews to worship Jesus, the king of the Jews, the Jews themselves were unaware of and unexcited about the fact of his birth. It's like coming to the U.S. for the presidential inauguration and nobody even knows that there ever was an election that would cause a person pause. But these wise men persisted in their faith. They persisted in their search. They rejoiced with exceeding great joy and worshiped the child and presented him gifts. Nobody else seemed to be concerned. Nobody, even Herod, was not even willing to go just to worship the king. And all Herod wanted to do was wipe out any knowledge, any life, any existence of any king but himself. Notice how desperately the spirit of man yearns to find God and to worship God. These wise men traveled from their home to another nation far away just to worship the king. They bypassed all the things of the flesh. And the soul were attracted so that they could get to the king. Listen, child of God, when you really want to find God, when you really want to be what God wants, to, wants you to be, there's a lot of stuff you got to pass by just to get where God wants you to be, just to receive God. And they did not mind it at all. The flesh was all tangled up in some things, and the soul of man was attached to the flesh, and, and they were all embroiled in some things that were not beneficial, not good, but those wise men representing the Spirit of God saying, listen, let me just get to God. I'm going to cast everything aside, walk by everything I've got to walk by. Listen, when you've made up your mind to be the kind of person that God wants you to be, you don't care what other folk have decided. You've just made up your mind. I don't care what other people are going to do. I've got to make it to the kingdom. I've got to find and seek and know the Lord. Hallelujah. And the flesh is always unhappy when God shows up. Herod was unhappy. And the people were unhappy because they were attached to him. He sought to slay the king. And in so doing, he killed so many others and brought grief to the heart of so many people. But listen, when the flesh is in charge, it always does collateral damage. I said when the flesh is in charge. 
when your wicked, evil nature is in charge. It always does collateral damage. Your flesh just wanted to get high and feel good. But when it was over, you had lost everything. All the flesh intended was a moment of fun. But when it was over, your marriage, your career, your future, your life, your savings, your house, your family were all destroyed. All you wanted to do was get drunk and have a good time. But when it was over, you found yourself in jail, sentenced 15, 20 years, vehicular manslaughter, just because you obeyed your flesh. Am I preaching today? The Bible describes the rich man. Says the ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And the rich man said, what shall I do? I have so many goods. The ground is brought forth so plentifully that I don't have anywhere to store my possessions. I know what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and I'll build new barns. And there will I bestow all of my goods and I will say to my soul, soul, you have much goods laid up for many years. Eat, drink, and be merry. And he went to bed that night and closed his eyes. And when he went to sleep, God spoke to him and said, Hey, fool, this night your soul will be required of you. And then who shall these things be that you have provided? He had made bountiful provision for his earthly life, but his earthly life was then over, and he made no provision for his soul. Herod the flesh fought against the Spirit of God so strongly that Jesus left the nation and went into Egypt. His parents had to escape to save his life because there was an attempt to kill all the male children that were born among the Jews. So there we have the story. I've laid it out for you now. The story of the lives of so many individuals. God shows up in love and mercy, but their flesh is so under the rule of sin and so under the rule of Satan that they reject the righteousness of God. The power of the flesh is so great that their souls become attached to the flesh and to the things that the flesh desires. They, their spirits speak to their souls about the grace of God and about the power of God in Christ. But their souls do not respond and their flesh fights against what they are saying and leads them down the road to destruction. And so when they're determined to go in their unrighteous way, God steps back from them. Jesus said in John 3.19, and this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. This is a crisis. Men love darkness rather than light. They fall in the darkness. They cannot see in the darkness. They cannot find their way in the darkness, but they love the darkness more than they love the light. And I've just come by to say that spiritual men reach out for God. I said spiritual people reach out for God. When your spirit man is in charge, these are the kinds of things that you say. You say with Psalm 42 and 1, as the deer pants for the water brook. So pants my soul for thee, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. You say things like Psalm 63 and 1, O God, 
You are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you as in a dry and thirsty land. This sounds like a man that has his, control, his flesh under control and his spirit reaching out for God. The songwriter said, I cried and I cried. I moaned and I moaned. I searched and I searched, but I just couldn't be contented until I found the Lord. Listen, there's a part of you that must have God. Oh God, our hearts are restless until they find rest in thee. How many times do I hear people say, well, I worship God, but I worship him in the spirit alone. I don't get demonstrative. I don't get emotional about it. You cannot tell from the outside, but it's on the inside. I don't know about you, but when my spirit goes to the God, I want my soul to go. I want my body to go. I want my flesh to go. Everything within me, I want it to cry out and call on my God. So sometimes my hands began to clap. My feet began to move. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Come on, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Oh my soul. Hallelujah. So let me close this down. The key to all of this is that the spirit of man has to go to the spirit of God. When the wise men made it to Jesus, they broke free from Herod and they went back another way. I know the Bible intends that they went back by a different route, by a different road. But I also want to say they went back different men. They were not the same as they were before. And after they saw Jesus, it would have been tragic for them to go back to Herod. And child of God, when your soul breaks free from the rule and dominion of the flesh, don't go back, but go on higher by the power of Almighty God. Romans 8 and 1 say, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk after the flesh, but walk after the Spirit. If you seek the Spirit, rather than being guided by the flesh, there's no condemnation. There's life and wholeness and health in your life. For the Bible says, if anyone be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are new. Come on, praise him in the name of Jesus. So the shepherds also went back, different men. When they left Jesus, the Bible says they left glorifying God, praising God for all the things that God has done. And I've just come back to tell you that the one that you feed is the one that's going to rule. If you feed the flesh, on improper television and movie material. If you feed the flesh, the things of the flesh. If you feed the flesh, drugs, alcohol, and narcotics. If you feed the flesh, unrighteous behavior, unrighteous conduct. The flesh is going to grow, and the flesh is going to rule. But God wants us to feed the spirit. 
the word of God. Feed the spirit, a life of prayer. Feed the spirit, hearing the preaching and the teaching of the word of God. Feed the spirit, praise and worship. The spirit will come, but will come greater and greater. And it will rule over your life. And you'll conform to the things of God. And when the devil comes against you, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard and you'll command the devil in the name of the Lord. Take up your weapons and flee. For God has given me authority to walk all over you. Listen, when you have the power of the spirit at work in your life, Jesus said, I give you power to tread on serpents and on scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. For you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit is come upon you and you'll be witnesses unto me, witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the world. I'm almost through now, but listen to what Stephen Sample of the University of Southern California has written. He quoted Aristotle, and Aristotle noted that when carpenters wished to straighten out a warped board, when they straighten out a board that is bent, they don't just put it in a jig that holds it straight. Rather, they put it in a jig that bends it backwards. And when they bend it backwards and leave it backwards for a while and then release the jig, the board comes back straight again. But if you jig it straight and go away for a while, when you release it, it's still going to bend in the direction of the warp. Child of God, if you want to do God's will, you've got to overcompensate. If you want to be straight and you're bent forward, you've got to lean over backwards. Hallelujah. And then you'll come up straight by the power of God. You've got to overcompensate. Some people don't want you to pray, but you've got to pray. You've got to overcompensate. They don't want you to read the Bible, but read the Bible. Hallelujah. They don't want you to praise God, but you've got to praise Him. Oh, praise Him. Anyhow, some folk don't understand us. They don't know why we worship like we worship. They say you folk are too noisy. You folk are too emotional. You folk are too tumultuous. But child of God, we just want to be straight. And when you want to be straight, sometimes you've got to overcompensate. Hallelujah. You've got to praise Him when you don't feel like praising Him. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. You've got to magnify Him. Hallelujah. You've got to thank Him. You've got to praise Him. And the more you praise Him, the higher He lifts you. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. If you want to make it, get in touch with God. Bring your spirit into the presence of God. Receive the Holy Ghost. Let the power of God be at work in your life. Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's possible to be so filled with the presence of God that God lifts you above the things about which men are concerned. It's possible to be so filled with the power of God that you can overcome the wiles of every enemy. 
it's possible to so have the presence of God that it be, becomes Christ in you, the hope of glory, so that it's no longer you in the fight. It's God with you in the fight. It's no longer you fighting the battle. It's God fighting the battle for you. Find the battle with you. Hallelujah. Child of God, be filled. I don't know about you, but Lord, I want your presence. I want your spirit. I want your power. I want your anointing. I want to know you. I want to know you in spirit. I want to know you in truth. I want to know your presence. I want to know your voice. I want to know your word. I want to go higher. I've ever gone before. Lift up those hands and praise the Lord. Praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Him. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. I see somebody coming out. I see somebody walking in power, walking in victory. Walking in the anointing of Almighty God, you shall receive power after the Spirit has come upon you. Power to do God's will. Power to walk in God's way. Power to bring praise to the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. that rejects the good that you would do. Invites you to the evil that you would not do. The flesh that is inclined toward damage and collateral damage. The flesh that says no to God. The flesh was submitted to the kingdom of evil, kingdom of Satan. Whatever impacted the devil's kingdom, the flesh was inclined toward that. The spirit of man, represented by the wise men, began to say, hey, soul, we need God. We need a change. Soul, we need salvation. Soul, we can't continue to live this way. I'm starving, I'm hungry, I need God. The soul attached to the flesh, the flesh attached to the kingdom of evil would resist and resist. And finally, the spirit broke through, persisted. Somebody's struggling today. Somebody's in the midst of a battle. But the Lord has chosen this day to come into your life and set you free. When you find Jesus, he that hath the Son hath life. If the Son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. 
I just come to tell you, you're free today. You're free today. In this very moment, the Lord's going to come into your life and make you more than you've ever thought you could be. But don't go back. The flesh is still trying to call you, pull you back. But submit to the Lord. You'll find life. You'll find it more abundantly. Jesus died for your sin. Jesus rose again from the dead. If Jesus could rise from the dead, he can do in your life anything that needs to be done. You need the resurrected Christ in your life. Everybody stand, please. All over the house of God, please stand, please stand. Hallelujah. You're hungry for God. You're desperate for the things that only God can do. Nothing satisfies you. Nothing sustains you. Some are involved in all kinds of behavior, trying to find peace. Involved in all kinds of substances, trying to find peace. But you'll never find peace till you find the Prince of Peace, Jesus, Savior and Lord. The soul submitted to the spirit of man. The spirit submitted to the spirit of God. Then there's harmony and there's peace, not only in this life, but in the life that is to come. There's a life after this life. And you've got to give an account in that life for the way you've lived this life. This body, this physical thing will drop off. This flesh will die, but the spirit will live on. And only if it's in relationship with God will it find eternal and whole life in the world to come. Somebody today needs to accept Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. Somebody needs to be saved. You need your sins forgiven. You need God to unite with you, to guide you through this terrible passage of this thing called life. There's a way that seemeth right to man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. But trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Is there anybody who wants to connect with Jesus today? You want to accept the Lord as your savior, as your master? You want your sins forgiven? And you want to face eternity hearing God say, well done. Every head is bowed. If you're here today and you would say, preacher, I need God. I want to be saved. I want to give my life to the Lord Jesus Christ. If that's you, I'll pray for you right where you are. Right where you are, Jesus Christ can become your savior. Right where you are, your sins can be forgiven. Your life will never, ever again be the same. In this Christmas season, it's time to do business with God. He wants to be your Lord and your Savior and to guide you through this treacherous thing called life. He can guide you to success and victory and to eternal life if you'll receive him. While every head is bowed, if you would say, preacher, pray for me. I need God. I'll pray for you right where you are and the Lord will come into your life and you'll never be the same again. Right where you are, you can receive it. 
while your head's about, if you would say, preacher, I need God, pray for me. Lift up your hand now and hold it high. Lift it high. Lift it high. Pray for me, preacher. I need God. I need salvation. I want him to come into my life. I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I see those hands. Five more of you need to lift your hands quickly. Lift those hands. Don't be excluded from this. I'm about to pray. Lift those hands now. Dear Lord, I pray for every person in the room. I pray especially for those whose hands are uplifted. You brought them here by your divine providence. They're here by your divine direction. You brought them here to save them, to draw them to yourself, to forgive their sins, and to make them more than they've ever thought that they could become. Thank you, dear Lord, for mercy and grace extended to them. And I pray that your work will be done. Save them from their sins. Cast their sins into a sea of forgetfulness and never remember what they've done. But love them, dear Lord, for what they can be in the name of Jesus Christ. Everybody say this prayer after me. Dear Lord, I'm sorry for all my sins. Please forgive me for the wrong I've done the wrong I have been. I want to be saved. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe he died for my sin. I believe he arose from the dead. I accept Jesus Christ as my Savior and my Lord. I give my life to him and I thank you Lord. I am forgiven. I am saved. I thank you Lord. I have new life. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord.